Scotland to the spiritual splendor that is Augusta. Grab a seat, grab a glass, and punch your ticket to the power train. All right, episode 18. Strat, this is, uh, this is a good one. We got Mr. Michael Fabiano, the senior fantasy analyst for NFL Network and NFL.com, joining us here a little bit later. He's a good friend of Jim Nance, golfer himself. So, you know, a lot of our golf fans also play fantasy football. We figured we'd give him a little bit of a, a combo here. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I, uh, I'm excited about this one, too. I didn't actually think that... Uh that Fabiano was his real name, and then I found out that it was, and I was instantly intrigued by anything he was going to tell us. So I'm excited. Yeah, you're not a, you're not a fantasy guy. Not a, fan- no, not a fantasy guy, but, uh, you know, if you if you back me into a corner, I'll make some picks. Yeah, we might go over that later. That's a, that's a good little, uh, little teaser. Okay. So, uh, yes, our boy Cermak isn't joining us tonight, but he's here in spirit. He'll be with us next time. So we're just going to take the reins, a little uh, one-on-one here. So do you want to start off with a bit of a fun segment like we always do? I'd love to. All right. This one's called Playoff. Okay? Yep. We're right off of uh, the playoff of DJ versus Spieth. Okay? It was, uh, it was a thing of beauty. I was in, uh, incredibly hungover, and I remember telling my wife, all I want to do is zoom a zoom zoom in your boom boom. And then after that, I told her, all I want to do is sit on the couch and watch golf all day. And right when I thought it was going to be over, there was a playoff, and I couldn't have been happier with the pairing. I mean, just to recap, let me let, let me give the guys a quick recap. Go, okay? ahead. Go ahead. Here's what happened. They went into a playoff. DJ looks at his brother's caddy and goes, hey, man, wind went down. Think I should just take it over the water? He's like, why don't you go ahead and take it over that water? Yeah. You can take it over the water. And then guess what DJ did? Um, he, he just took it over the water. He took it over the water. I was, I was initially uh, baffled at what I saw on the Pro Tracer. Pro Tracer. But then, uh, you know, I took another sip of that hair of the dog, and then I realized what had happened, and it was over. Yeah, a lot of people weren't pleased that that hole was the uh, the playoff hole. But, you know, we don't need to go into that. A lot of golf outlets are talking about that. We're way past that. Uh, here at the Park Train, we like to have a little bit more fun than the rest of the media in golf. So why don't we go to our segment, okay? The point of this segment is this is the playoff, DJ versus Spieth, but a new kind of playoff, okay? We're going to pick random things and pick who we think would win in this random activity playoffs don't talk about playoffs playoffs so based on the guests we have this week let's start with fantasy football the playoff of dj versus speed who do you think is better at fantasy football who would you rather have on your side uh i'm gonna go with george on this one i'm not sure if dj i mean i feel like dj has a tough time figuring out what's real and what's fantasy just in general so i don't know how i feel about him going into it's too much. It's like three levels of inception. Too, too many for him. So I'm going with Jords. Yeah, I would totally agree there. DJ's the kind of guy, you know, you ask him about his fantasy team, he's like, hey, man, you just want to watch the game? Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Yeah. Hey, man, I, I, I barely know who's playing right now. So you want to just focus on that? And be like, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, cool. Okay, that's fair, DJ. Yeah, you'd probably love that strat. Yeah. Know. DJ, probably not a fantasy guy. <laughs> probably not. Okay. Uh, next one Ultimate Frisbee. I'm going with DJ. He he moves in an he moves in an efficient manner. Like it it suggests he's a man that is going to find the quickest route from point A to point B. I think George is going to overanalyze on this one, and I think DJ is just going to just tap into that natural athleticism. And then you know he's going to learn a lot about uh, parabolas and trajectories from his father-in-law, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Sure. 
Yeah, that's an interesting take. I, I, my gut here was that I would want Spieth because of the hustle. I figured he would have more of the grit and the grind. But at the end of the day, you could put DJ at the other side of the end zone and just throw those high balls, or I guess high discs, at him and just score all day. So I agree. I'll go DJ. On Let's not also forget that Ultimate is a game best played uh, influenced, and I don't think DJ's shying away from any type of uh, performance-enhancing uh, cannabinoids that will be uh, passed oh. his way. So just an extra oh. thought. Oh, strong statement. Okay. Hope the tour doesn't hear that one. Okay. Uh, wingman at the bar. I think you're going to want to go with DJ on this one because he's just going to be like, hey, man, I got this hot-ass wife named Paulina. Check her out. And then it offers you the perfect opportunity to just slip right in and uh, you know pick up where he left off. Interesting. I figured Jordan at first because of the similar age. But, uh, yeah, I think you might be right. Paulina carries a certain presence mm-hmm. to her. So that, yeah. that's a good one. Uh, let's go... Whiskey tasting. I think uh, I'm going to go with George on this one. You know, he's from Texas. Um, I think that he's probably, uh, he's had his fair share. And I think he's going to get real granular on the details and flavor notes, which is the kind of shit that you never think about. But he's going he's gonna to have your back on that one. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Jordan is very well versed in different types of whiskeys, how long they've, they've aged, the impact that has on the flavor profile. I could see him getting into the weeds yeah, on that stuff. Time. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, let's go two more salsa dancing. Uh, I think I'll go with DJ on this one. Cause oh, Paulina is, I mean, you, you've seen what she's made him do. I think that she's going to crack that whip and make sure that his, uh, steps are on point. Yep. Uh huh. I, I gotta say, I gotta give you credit. These answers are not leaving much for me cause they're quite good. Okay. The last one, maybe my favorite one. You've got an HGTV show. You're flipping houses. DJ or Spieth? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Spieth uh, because I think DJ might actually try to flip the house, and it's just it's going to be a disaster. He's going to throw his back out. Uh, he's going to be constantly calling for stairs when there shouldn't be stairs. I'm, I'm thinking that Jordan's going to know his way around a, a quality income property. I feel like if DJ was responsible for flipping the house, he'd probably just be like, hey, guys, can I just sit on the couch and watch basketball? And should we put stairs in? Because I'm pretty sure there weren't stairs in before. So, yeah, I think he'd get caught up on stupid stuff. So I yeah. agree. Big stairs guy. Yeah, he's, he, he loves the stairs. Cost him a major. You know, no big deal. Okay. Yeah. All right. I th- I'm pretty sure, we, you know, we're going to have to go back, maybe talk to the stats intern. See uh, where we netted out there. Maybe the uh, our listeners out there could, could tweet us the totals. But uh, it felt like you were real heavy on DJ at first, and then you kind of ended with a lot of speed. So probably pretty even. Could be could be a 50-50 ball at this point. Yeah, I like that. All right, second segment, and then we'll go into some, uh, some topics here. Uh, we're going to call this one Rules Committee. You know, the we're in FedEx Cup playoffs right now, but you know what comes after that? President's Cup, okay? Let's be All honest. Right. Nobody even knows what that is. Nobody cares. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You and I watch it, but the general fan out there is is long gone. So, you know, the the folks that be um, heard about our podcast and realized, hey, these guys have a lot of clout. You know, these guys, they're pretty sharp. And uh, we're gonna contract the Par Train crew to help us get more people to care about the President's Cup. Okay, we're the rules committee. We can make any changes to format, what have you. 
what do we do? Yeah, this is a tricky one. I think, um, you know, if, my big thing is probably just going to be, I, I guess you just call it the Ryder Cup and you hold it every single year instead of every two. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's probably, that's where I'm headed first. Your, th- your thoughts? Wow, just totally, it's a branding play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't even tell people that it's not Europe. It's just the rest of the world. Don't even tell them. Just say Ryder Cup. Oh, my God, it's back again. I didn't realize that it's back already because, you know, people don't pay attention. They probably won't no. care. No. No, if you, uh, if you time those commercials right, everyone's going to forget that it happened the year previously, and they're going to be hyped as fuck for it to come back. So I think that's the play. God, I got to say, that's not a bad, that's not a bad idea because that's much more uh, – it's not as tactical. I was going more tactical. Okay, go ahead. What were, what were your thoughts? I mean, you know where I'm going. <laughs> Go ahead. You know I'm just going with the one club. Like give them give them one club. You know whether it's the seven iron, the eight. You know I played with the nine back in the day at the Ricky Cup. Like give them the one club. See what happens. I think it could be pretty dramatic. <laughs> uh, okay. Is the, do they get to carry the putter? Or do they have to putt with the one club as well? Putt with the one club. Actually, you know what? They have a caddy. Let the caddy carry the putter. I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Yeah. They get the one club and just let them play. Okay. Actually, I'm not I'm not too opposed to that. Let's keep that on the back burner. Okay. So let's say the folks at the top say, uh, all right, F. Strat, what are you presenting? Strat, Strat goes in with, uh, we're renaming it the Ryder Cup. We're doing it every year. Nobody will notice uh, before they're, they even realize what hit them. I say, and they're only going to use one club. Thanks. Meeting's over. And we walk out of there and the ratings go through the roof. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, you forgot a steak fucking dinner as well. To sure. Oh, well, sure. I mean, yeah. you know that's going to happen. Okay. okay. Aligned. All right. I like it. Playoff rules committee segment's done. Before we get to Mr. Fabiano, we got some things we want to talk about. First off, for all you people out there, Strat played his first time at Torrey Pines South. And uh, he had a robot for his caddy. Care to share? Yeah, I did. I had a robot. It was the little fucker that follows you around. You put a little transceiver on your back belt loop. Um, At first, I felt very encumbered. I felt like I couldn't explore the studio space. Mm -hmm. But by about hole four, I was uh, completely converted. It was uh, a whimsical experience. The course was excellent. And I had literally nothing on my shoulders holding me down. Um, I highly suggest it. I highly suggest it. I think anyone, if presented the opportunity, get one of those things. By the by, eight, hole eighteen, I was pro. I mean, this thing looked like it literally. He and I were completely in sync. It was a real Phil Bones situation, circa mid two thousands. Did the robot ever talk you off of anything? The robot. Uh, one time, I uh, you know I reached for driver off the deck, and the robot gave a little chirp chirp with its <laughs> wheels, <laughs> and I thought, "You're right. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go. Ahead. I'm gonna lay up." <laughs> So yeah, that was that was hole sixteen. You know, um, we were uh, we were a hundred. Well, no, actually, I think we were three hundred fifty out. Mm. Duff tee shot. I mm-hmm. thought, fuck it, we're doing driver off the deck. Sure. He said, why don't you soft pedal? I said, that's a good call. That's a good call. Here's some robot kibble. Yeah, you know, Cermak really would have appreciated that if he was here because he probably would have loved hearing your classic, you know, uh, very soft eight uh, layup. <laughs> you know, maybe a little punch eight iron for a layup. Exactly, just a real soft shaped eight. Yeah. Do you know what this thing is called for people out there if they want to see if a course offers it? I believe it's called the Rover. Uh, my, my 
was um, Angus. My playing partner's was named shit. I think it was like Clark or something like that. They named them. But, uh, yeah, they got little <laughs> name tags. Of course, they're in the shape of a dog bone because branding. Sure. But uh, I believe it's called Rover. Uh, you have to watch a quick tutorial, but it's worth it. And every, you're going to get a lot. I, okay, this is what's going to happen at first you're going to think that you've made a huge mistake because everyone at the clubhouse is going to be looking at you like you're a psycho. Uh, whole one, still a little tentative. You start exploring. You start to get more comfortable. You couldn't be happier with your decision. So know that that regret will show up at the very beginning, mm-hmm. but it'll wash off by a uh, whole three. See, that's pro tips right there. That's that's great stuff coming from the par train. Just so people understand, I didn't really provide a lot of context. Basically, this is something where you put your clubs on uh, – it looks like a robot, um, and you have a little – what would you call it? Like a little device on your back, the back of your belt basically yeah, just like follows a, you it's around. Like, it, yeah, it's about the size of an iPhone but maybe a little bit thicker. You, you forget that it's there, but you just kind of click it on and off when you want the dude to follow you, and uh, it's a dream. All right. Yeah, next time I go to tour, I'm going to use it. Go ahead. Uh, this All right, so this shows how much respect that we show to you, Strap, because we led with you. Mm-hmm. At Tori, instead of the video that came out today about a certain uh, what's his name? Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Yeah, Tiger Woods, y'all. Just reported today that his doc cleared him to hit balls. And what did he do? He posted a video of him pitching a ball in a green. I'm pretty sure he was right off the fringe, and yeah. he's playing high flops. It was a tight, tight lie. The flag was tucked. And he was playing that high-risk, high-reward shot. So obviously, you know, we're big Tiger guys. We love seeing this. But at the end of the day, a lot of golf fans, this is what happens. Something comes out, the Tiger's back, everybody freaks out, and then suddenly he's hurt again or goes into another surgery or he dust chips and he looks like he forgets how to play the game. We are going to come up with ways to help the golf fan know when Tiger is actually back. So let's reel off a few ways to help people understand to not get overly excited, premature excitement, and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that they can stay to the end. Yeah, so I think first and foremost, you're going to know that it's actually the real deal Holyfield when uh, <laughs> Tiger and any type of sexual exploit start appearing in the digital sphere. So oh. we got dick pics recently. That's oh. a great sign. Oh. Great sign for true Tiger fans. That means that uh, he's feeling loose. He's, uh, he's feeling sex positive, and he's tossing it around with very little regard for any type of consequence. Wow. Uh, and that's typically when Tiger is in his happy space. So that's a, that's a great sign for everybody. Yeah, I mean, Strat didn't really hold back there. I mean, basically, women, lots of them, is, is a exactly. sign that he's feeling healthy. Yep. Um, my thing is, if there are reports that come out, or, you know, we like, you know, we're research guys, we also like to be out in the field you know, real journalism types. If we get a tip from someone that he's at his kid's soccer games throwing up fist pumps, you know that he's getting close to being back. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we can report that when that comes. That's number two. And go. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and give him number three? Yeah, I think uh, anytime you see that old stinger three wood off the tee, just, uh, you know, getting the body loose, waking up that C5, C6 fusion mm-hmm. in the spine, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, that you can pretty much guarantee you're going to see those reds in the final pairing on Sunday. Okay. So the guy needs to get back into the swing of things with the um, the counterpart, the female. <laughs> he needs to fist pump. 
at children's soccer games and he just and then, and then he needs I, I love reading it back and then he needs to uh hit a couple stingers with his three woods in the morning all right it's, that's it you heard it here first that's, that's great yeah okay god i sure hope he's back next year i swear to god if he's not at the masters i'll we're gonna need to have an episode about what I'll do if he doesn't show up at the Masters in 2018. There, there is every single time I will fall for this, and I happily walk into the trap. I don't give a fuck what it is. I just want the dude back so bad. I will look for anything that suggests that he might be making a return. So I, I'll happily get my hopes up. Ten out of ten, every single time. One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about a stinger. This was basically the opposite of a stinger. We talked about it earlier in the episode, but. The end of the uh, one of the FedEx Cup events uh, when DJ beat Speed in the playoff, where he basically just looked at his caddy and was like, "Yeah, I'm going to take it over the water," and Speed yeah. wasn't able to take it over the water, so there was all this controversy. DJ beat Speed in the playoff, etc. I feel like we we deserve, you know, we're analogy guys. We deserve to throw some analogies of what that beatdown was like and how feeble DJ made Speed look in the playoff hole. So let me just tee it up for you. See what I'm doing? I'm going to yep. tee it up for you. Yep. DJ beating Spieth on the 18th hole playoff is like what? Uh, okay, DJ beating Spieth on the 18th in a playoff by going over the water is a lot like when my two-year-old tries to bring a ruckus to me with a foam sword, uh, and I just give him a swift kick to the belly. It literally mm. takes 10% of my strength, and I can floor him mm. every single time. It's, uh, it's a sight to behold. He doesn't get hurt. There's no bruising. Don't call it CPS. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just a uh, reminder of who's boss. I was just going to confirm that for the folks out there. There is no domestic violence <laughs> issues in the uh, Stratton household. Um, but his son does like to pull out the plastic foam sword every now and then. And that's basically what this playoff was like. I think that's very accurate. Uh, mine would be Cermak. I know a lot of people don't know the frame, Cermak's frame per se. Um, it's not overly large, so I'm going to say that DJ beating Spieth on the 18th playoff is like Cermak trying to take down a sumo wrestler. Yeah, I think, uh, wow, that would be a hell of a thing to see. Yeah. I'd pay, I'd pay money for that. I'd be quick and violent and sweaty. All right, I think you had one more. Why don't you bring us home? Uh, so DJ beating uh, Spieth on the 18th of the playoff, a lot like Brandel deciding, uh, you know what, I'm going to leave the waistcoat at home tonight. I'm just going to head out with maybe a nice Tommy Bahama button down. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be a part train episode without bringing Brandon in, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, that fucker. <laughs> All right, we're almost done with the FedEx Cup playoffs. So, you know what? As always, we got to throw a pick in there. Who is our pick to win the FedEx Cup playoffs? You know, it's normally a guy that likes to win at least once or twice in the events prior to the Tour Championship. So, who do you got? Yeah, so I think on this one, you know... The fact that uh, he doesn't seem to get rattled and he's dialed. The guy literally just talked about how he walked through his entire bag of clubs, listing each one being uh, confirmed as dialed in. Mm-hmm. I, I think D, it's DJ's tournament to lose. The guy is he's making up for uh, some mishaps earlier in the season where he didn't capitalize on great form. But I think it's he's going to be in the money. Yeah, I mean, I thought weeks ago that it would be – I used to think that it would be absolutely crazy, considering the year that DJ was having at the beginning of the year when he won three in a row, uh, two WGCs, where 
if he didn't get a major in 2017, it'd be crazy, right? It would almost be fitting if after all of that, not getting a major, that he won the FedEx Cup playoffs. And you know DJ likes that 10 mil. So, yeah. like, that would almost be equal to winning another major for him. So I that's what I think will happen. What I would like to see happen is for Ricky to get his head out his ass and go win it. You know, I think that could be a big uh, stepping stone for some sports psychologist sessions come the 2018 Masters. Just throwing that yeah. out there. No, I'm, I'm on board with that. I'd love to see Rick pull it, pull it out. Love it. All right. So before we go to Fabiano, because we've got a great interview with him, he's going to tell us about his friendship with Nance. He's going to give you some tips, last-minute tips before your fantasy football draft, and then he's a big golfer too, so we talk some golf as well. Um, Strat, like I said earlier, you're not a fantasy guy. No. I'm a fantasy no, I'm guy. Yeah. So since we're going to appeal to the fantasy folks with Fabiano and a few here, why don't you provide a fantasy football preview presented by someone who doesn't play fantasy football? Yeah, no, I'd love to. Uh, I think that you're probably going to want to take notes uh, or hit record or just listen repeatedly to these because these are all but guaranteed to seal your league deal. Are they leagues? Fuck it. Anyways, let's just go straight to the picks. Um, Okay, so everyone needs a quarterback, right? This one is such an easy choice. I'm shocked I'm not hearing it more. Doug Flutie, okay? We Mm -hmm. all saw that great pass he had at Boston College back Mm -hmm. in in his uh, in his co-ed days, yep. the guy's still got it. I've seen him on TV recently at a certain point. He was talking into a microphone. I'm not sure why he wasn't on the field. You're going to want to go with Doug Flutie. Second pick. We're sticking with quarterbacks. I think you want to have two. Sometimes one gets hurt. I've been watching a lot of hard knocks, and I love what I'm seeing from Jameis Winston. The guy is just a happy dude. Uh, his crab legs fiasco from a couple years back, it's making a lot more sense to me. I think he saw crab, leg, crab legs, loves crab legs. Decided, fuck it, I'm going to take some crab legs. So uh, I really enjoy what I'm seeing from him. You're going to want to double up on the QB situation. Hmm. Of course, ki- kickers, extremely important. You know, those extra points. Uh, they moved it back recently. So you're going to want to really chalk up the fantasy points with a kicker. Uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Giggs, Manchester United. I played a lot of FIFA 2006 with that dude and I scored a lot of goals hmm. so get go ahead and get him on the squad we're living in a fantasy so it's a, it's an easy pick mm-hmm. uh, you're going to want to go with Bo Jackson from Tecmo Bowl so the Bo Jackson literally from the video game Tecmo Bowl take him and put him on your team I think that's also allowed you just got to click a couple special boxes in the advanced settings um, finally uh, everyone needs a receiver you know um, so I think you're going to want to go with Julian Edelman. The guy is just, uh, he's fucking bulletproof, first of all. And he's just, uh, he's a healthy guy. He's going to be in every series, you know, snap after snap after snap after snap. You can rely on him. Mm-hmm. Julian Edelman. And there you go. Wow. Well, I think it's a perfect segue to go from that to a Hall of Famer in the Fantasy Sports Writers Association and Senior Fantasy Analyst on NFL Network, because I don't, it, I mean, obviously not for you, Strat, it seems like you know what you're talking about, but um, Clearly. <laughs> maybe, your, maybe your two-year-old son could take up another hobby besides stabbing people with plastic swords, so we're just going to uh, go with that, and uh, yeah, enjoy, it's a good one. All right, and we are back, we've got the Michael Fabiano, a good friend of mine, he is NFL Network senior fantasy analyst. 
and on NFL.com. Got a lot of good stuff on NFL.com. And he's a golfer. Uh, so, Fabs, it's good to have you on. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. How's it going, dude? It's been, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I might use this podcast as a, a final way to get us on the course together. We still haven't played. <laughs> I know, dude. It's like... Every every offseason, it seems like we're we're trying to get on the course together, and it, it never happens. For sure. So, all right, we'll just have to maybe Angeles National. We'll figure something out after yeah, I the season. That a bunch of times this offseason, yeah, no question. So we've got some fun stuff. I know you got to get out of here. We only got you for about twenty minutes, but I, I got a fun first question for you. Oh, okay, go ahead. You or Matthew Barry, bigger nerd. <laughs> That's a good one, dude. Um, he, he's a more successful nerd if it comes to uh, social media and uh, following, but I'd like to think I'm a close second. Yeah, I mean, you got the whole Star Wars thing going on, but then again... Oh, dude, uh, listen, I'm not trying to remove the, the nerd label. It's it's clearly affixed. No, I, but I, I think no you actually... About it. I, I don't think... know if Matthew likes other nerd things, though, like, you know, Star Wars or, you know... Game of Thrones, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I rank pretty high up there. Yeah, I think you might surpass him, though, as I think he might be a bigger nerd just because you're a golfer. So, you know, for our uh, audience out there, you got to respect that. Right, I think so, you, so, so if you play golf, that makes you a bigger nerd? Is that what you're saying? No, you're less of a nerd. You're a cool oh, guy. You're a golf guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, you're All a right, golf guy. I'm, I'm down with that. So I actually thought this was perfect. You know, obviously, we're a golf podcast, mm-hmm. but I was thinking about it. You know, why not give – there's a lot of golfers that play fantasy, and there's a lot of parallels. You know, both love Sundays. The game can go to shit real quick. Like, think of a shank versus, like, an injury, right? Yeah. A lot of white guys. There's uh, – the guy could look that looks best on paper isn't always the guy that is best on the course. Right. A lot of wagering, and we love our stats. So let's get into it. The first – Golf plus fantasy football question I got for you. This okay. is taken from our friend Jason Sobel at ESPN, the lead golf writer there. He compared Jordan Spieth to Tom Brady and Roy McIlroy to Aaron Rodgers. So I was curious, what NFL player reminds you of Ricky Fowler? The kid has flash. Everybody loves him. Obviously, a lot of skill, but he hasn't dominated like we would all expect. So who's your Ricky Fowler in the NFL? Uh, I'd say Andrew Luck, mm. very likable guy, um, has had some success, but hasn't obviously gotten to the big game at this point. And um, he is, well, boy, you want to talk about uh, a question mark in fantasy football. I mean, geez, that's that's one of the bigger ones yep. uh, this season. But I would say that's a pretty good comparison. Both guys love, both guys haven't won the big one just yet. Uh, although a lot of people do expect them to do so at some point in the, in the future. So since we're on the subject of luck, it's all uncertain of whether or not he'll start the season. What round do you take him in, in a 10-team? In a not, not before the 10th round. Okay. It's, it's too risky at this point. I mean, you, you legitimately don't know if he's going to miss one game or six. Right. And quarterback's deep. So I would prefer to pass on Andrew Luck unless he falls that long and I was actually and you're going to hate this because I'm you think I'm going to sort of rub it in here but I was in a draft with your hero oh here we go 
Adam Wainwright. Here we go. And uh, luck went in the he he went actually within the the first ten rounds. Okay. But to me, that was a reach because of the uncertainty. If I can get Dak Prescott in the ninth, tenth, or eleventh round, Kirk Cousins, those quarterbacks who I know are going to be on the field in week one. I would rather do that than take a chance on having luck miss significant time. I mean, this is a shoulder injury for a quarterback and a quarterback who hasn't thrown. Yeah. And the the prospect of him potentially being forced to miss six games if he remains on the PUP list, it's just too much of a risk for me at this point. Yeah. Across the board, most of the coats have fallen at least a little bit. T.Y. Hilton's fallen a few spots. Dante Moncrief, Frank Gore, Jack Doyle's remained about the same. But the downgrade from Luck to Scott Tolzine, I mean, that's it's huge. It's right. absolutely gigantic. So there's a lot of question marks right now with that Colts offense. For sure. And just on since we're on the subject, and since I know you like to text me and rub it in every time you see him, <laughs> did, did you tell my boy Adam Wainwright that I said hello? I will. I was just with him this past weekend in St. Louis. Uh-huh. Um, dude, he's one of the best dudes you'll ever meet. I mean, yep. you already know that. He's yep. um, sort of spearheaded this big league impact, which the Yankees are now involved. Oh, really? In their you... drafts were today, yeah. Um, Dylan Patances was in it. CeCe Sabathia, Aaron Judge, Brett Gardner, um, Matt Holiday, who I saw Holiday um, in New York actually a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. At the uh, Yankees Red Sox game. And um, yeah, it was great, man. Wayno, um, he, he's, you know, he's all about charity and he's all about helping those less fortunate than him. And it, to me, it's great that he can do that through fantasy football. Do you, do you want to give our audience a bit of a summary of what Big League Impact is? I mean, we might as well give my boy Wayno a plug. Yeah, man. So, uh, Big League Impact basically is several baseball teams uh, across the country. I believe there might be 10 right now, um, but, but don't quote me on that. Um, basically, people have an opportunity to make a donation to Big League Impact. And with that donation, they get to go to the stadium in the city of the team that is hosting the event. They get to tour the stadium. They get to draft with members of the team. Uh, in this case, it was the Cardinals. Uh, Luke Weaver was there. Wayno was there. Um, Matt Carpenter was there. And after the draft is over, the fans also get to go to the ball game that night. In St. Louis, they did it the night before, but it was, it was terrific. The fans love it. And yeah, they go on the field, they're in the stadium. Play in a fantasy football league with Adam Wainwright or Aaron Judge. And I mean, there's, there's again, several teams uh, across the country who will participate, a lot of superstars. You'd be surprised. Every Major League Baseball clubhouse has a fantasy football league, all of them. Yep. It's, it's very big. In fact, Wayno's doing the Cardinals draft in San Diego, um, next week he wanted me to host it but i can't it's just my schedule is just too too nuts and um they, but they they do it upright man they have a uh they have an event where they rent out uh 
whether it's a restaurant or uh, a bar or what have you, and they actually get the first 20 players off of my top 200 list, uh, they buy the jerseys of those players. So when a player is drafted, the player gets the jersey and holds it up or puts it on or whatever the case may be. And so they, they have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's awesome. Not only do they get that stadium experience, they get to actually play fantasy all season with uh, the pros. So it's it's pretty awesome. Shout out to my boy Wayno. I might have to go down to San Diego and be the host in your absence, actually. <laughs> but uh, I digress. I, I could do it, man, but it's, it's, it's a little busy at that time of the year, you know? Like yeah. next week we have a three-hour Labor Day show. So we'll be laboring on Labor Day for your fantasy football uh, needs. And that's going to be on uh, NFL Network uh, from 1 to 4 Pacific. So if you want to check that out. For sure. So since we're doing the name dropping anyways, let's just segue <laughs> right into uh, our boy Jim Nance. So so everybody knows, I, I think it's clear, you guys have a pretty strong friendship from your days at CBS. Mm-hmm. And you've known him for a long time. When you introduced me to him, um, he seemed like, similar to Wayno, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Uh which I know you agree with. Is there anything that you know about him over the years that maybe the average golf or football fan doesn't appreciate or know? Maybe a little tidbit that people would, would like to hear? Well, Jimmy is a huge fantasy football fan. Huge. Um, he actually once told me that fantasy football helps him prepare for the season hmm. because he's so invested in so many different players and he got to do a lot of research uh, for, for what Jim does. I mean, he does college basketball, golf, football. He's he's all over the map. I mean, this guy is you know, a wealth of knowledge of sports. Yep. But we actually have been playing in a fantasy football league together for years, ever since I was you know, back at CBS in the early 2000s. And there have been occasions where he's actually posted the standings of our leagues during – game broadcasts <laughs> which typically he'll do that when he's you know in first place right but, um uh he's also posted uh um uh, uh, basically giving me some plugs on the air during golf telecasts which is which is pretty funny yeah so every time uh the pga tour is over at riviera i go to see you know jim and tommy and uh lance barrow and you know my 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 friends from CBS because mm-hmm. I don't get to see them that often now. And um, it was funny because one of the one of the years went into the tower on eighteen and was hanging out. And um, I come, I, I left the tower and was sort of walking around, walking around the course, following the golf. And all of a sudden, my text message starts like blowing up. Like, what the heck is going on? So apparently, people were watching the golf and they were showing like there was a couple of like celebrities in the in the big like sort of uh, tower like the um the, the tents over on 18 where people kind of go and schmooze and drink and yep. you know watch watch the golfers coming in and they showed a shot of uh chris o'donnell uh, the actor yeah and so jim had mentioned that you know chris o'donnell was um was in the you know in the gallery and then he had said you know uh, the guru is here too, which he always calls me the guru. Yeah. And, you know, Faldo doesn't have any idea, you know, like who I am. <laughs> I've met him a million times. So I don't think he, he has any idea who I am. But um, the, he was like, oh, guru. And he's like, yeah, Michael Fabiano. So Michael Fabiano's in the gallery. I, I, I don't even 
know if that, you know any of the audience even knew who I was at that point, but it was um, it was pretty funny to, to you know get those texts. And um, uh, I've I've been going to that tournament every year basically since I've moved out to LA. I've gone uh, and and seeing those guys when they're down at Tory, um, Beach, and uh, Jim just he, he loves talking about fantasy football. Man, uh, he's a, he's a very uh, he's a very adamant fantasy owner let's put it that way he um although now it's a little bit more difficult for him because now he has two young two young kids yeah um, and his, his daughter actually uh goes to uh, she's in college um in southern california so it's a little bit harder for him but um he is a he's a huge fantasy football fan so how do you think nance does it do you think he's just one of those guys that's just a natural is he work harder than everyone else or how do, how on earth does he prep for all these events and be so such a natural up there and, and such great takes. I think I think some people just have that gift that they they can do that. I mean, like Mike Francesa from WFAN. If, if if you don't know who that is, check it out. There was like a thirty for thirty, Mike and the Mad Dog. Mike Francesa, knowledge that he has across the sports landscape is ridiculous. It, ridiculous. Like this guy just knows seemingly everything. And, and Jim is a lot like that, uh, especially with golf. And golf is his passion. He studies, he researches, he prepares better than anybody out there. And that's why he's reached the level of success that he has. But he, he just has that gift, that man, that, that knowledge uh, you know, uh, of his craft and the passion that he has for his craft. It, it really comes out on the air too because maybe I'm being biased here but when Jim Nance is not doing a major golf tournament to me it's not the same yeah for sure and then you've been obviously an NFL network for a long time on different sets and production and like you said you're at Riviera every year I went with you once to see behind the scenes uh, of CBS golf production I was curious you know it's a huge production that a lot of people don't know much about can you give the fan a look inside of how nance and team at cbs cover golf inside the booth and then maybe how that uh compares to like an nfl network production uh it's i mean it's completely different if you're talking about like an in-studio show compared to something that's that remote so you know here at nfl network we typically don't do remote shows we're in the studio we did one or two over the years. We did one in Soldier Field a few years ago, which was great because they, they were playing the Cowboys, um, and I'm a huge Cowboys fan. But it's different. I mean, you know, you've been here at NFL Network. Um, and everything sort of runs through all the control rooms, and we've got several stages over here where when you're out on the road, I mean, you've got those huge satellite trucks, and uh, there's it's a massive production. You know, when we went to the CBS campus on Riviera, you saw it. I mean, there's... You know, how, how many, 10, 12 more big, huge broadcast trucks. Yep. Then you have one huge, it, it's an RV, basically. And it's literally for Jim or whatever other announcers might be doing voiceovers for, uh, you know, commercial breaks. And so when you hear, you know, Jim on television promoting, say that the Masters is coming up on CBS, like all of those things. Uh, typically are done in the 
this big I think I think it actually took you in there this big sort of it looks like an RV but they record everything in there yeah uh, when, when they're not live and they have a lot of fun it's if you're lucky enough to be able to go up into a tower a lot of times they'll give the guests like headphones and you can hear the guys in the truck like Lance Barrow and um, the people behind the scenes kind of joking around with the talent where you can't hear that on the air um, <laughs> a lot of it you, you couldn't you couldn't put on the air yeah and um, uh, it's I mean it, it's 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 totally different uh, from from where you're kind of just like you know in, in a control room in a studio um, and plus he's got a lot of different things that that go on almost everywhere he is maybe at a dinner uh, doing a speech making appearances you know out on the road so his schedule is pretty jam-packed uh, regardless of what sport he's covering whether it's you know college hoops or golf or, or the NFL and this year is going to be very interesting for them because Phil Sims is no longer Jim's partner now right. it's Tony Romo right and Jim is very close to Phil very close to Phil and um has been trying to get Phil into the Hall of Fame for for years and years and years. He's also good friends with Tony, which is going to make it a much easier transition from from Phil to Tony and for Tony from the field to the broadcast booth. And I think it was a smart move by CBS because you've got Jim, who is the most polished guy out there, and everyone is going to want to hear Tony Romo in the broadcast booth. So that's going to be extremely extremely interesting and I've gone on a tangent here from your original question but um, t- to me that's going to be one of the most interesting parts of the football season that isn't being played out on the field is that you've got Tony Romo and Jim Nance in the broadcast booth together as the number one team for CBS uh, covering the most popular sport in this country and to be in the world um, it, it ought to be it ought to be a lot of fun I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be tuning into those games simply to hear how Jim and Tony interact and how Tony transitions from player to being in the broadcast booth. Yeah, I don't know how Romo's going to be. It's it's going to be interesting to see. But I know I know we're getting close on time. So let's let's jump to I know what the fans want to hear. They want those last minute tidbits before they go to their draft this week and through Labor Day. So let's start with I think it's always helpful. I think, you know, it's easy to talk about the sleepers and the guys that you should target, but I want you to help people understand who are the non-sexy picks that are high value that don't get you that excited but are integral to help you win a championship. You're always looking to to make every pick the best pick you can possibly make. And if you remember last year, you had a, a, a bunch of dudes – putting up numbers who weren't typically drafted as one of my producers is, uh, and actually a huge golf fan right here, Matt Tan. Um, <laughs> but, uh, there, and now of course my, uh, my phone is ringing, but, um, so I'm sorry if you hear that beeping, but last year, Jordan Howard, for example, right? Yep. A lot of, he either didn't get drafted or he got drafted late and he was awesome. Dak Prescott, either he didn't get drafted or he was drafted late and he was awesome. Matt Ryan, he either wasn't drafted or he was drafted late, and he was the second best player in fantasy football. So, there are going to be players at the back end of your draft who are 
absolutely going to help you take on the championship. And I think a lot of those guys are probably going to end up being quarterbacks because the position is so deep that people wait. So James Winston this year has got some breakout potential with what Tampa Bay added in the offseason with Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard to go along with what they already have and, and Mike Evans and uh, Cameron Brait. Yeah, Carson Wentz has some sleeper appeal this season as well, and, and he's going to be uh, a late-round pick if he's picked at all. You also have to take a look at players who aren't on the radar now who may end up being on the radar because maybe they play behind a veteran who's sort of getting towards the end of his career or has been prone to injuries. Uh, so, for example, you know, Bilal Powell, I think, is going to be tremendous. He's probably going to be a, a top-20 PPR running back, someone that you won't see drafted in the first 50 picks, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rob Kelly is another player who you can probably get at some point in the middle to later rounds who is going to help fantasy owners. I mean, earlier in the summer, Samaj P. Ryan was getting drafted ahead of him, and now P. Ryan has sort of fallen uh, to the late rounds, and Kelly's a middle to late rounder. Uh, Jacquez Rogers is going to be starting for the Buccaneers for the first three weeks, and so maybe he won't have staying power, but he can help you during that time while Doug Martin suspended. Rex Burkhead is another player that you can target at some point late. Um, Jonathan Williams. LaShawn McCoy is tremendous. He's going to be a first-round pick across the board. If anything had ever happened to Shady, uh, Jonathan Williams is going to come in and could end up being a massive player for fantasy owners. I promise you right now, if LaShawn McCoy goes down with any sort of injury at some point this season, even if it's a short-term injury, uh, Jonathan Williams is going to be a huge waiver wire pickup and, and a very popular sleeper. Uh, Corey Coleman is another player who has sort of flashed in the past. The last season he was banged up a little bit, but Sean Kaiser likes to throw the football downfield, and Corey Coleman could end up being his guy there. Um, yeah. We've also got some other players. Uh, John Brown, depending on uh, his health with the sickle cell, he um, he's going to start for the Cardinals. And barring any kind of injuries, uh, he's going to be highly targeted for Arizona. Kevin White in Chicago with uh, the injury that uh, Cameron Meredith suffered. He's going to be a player, even though he's been prone to injuries, that could potentially help fantasy owners this season. Um, you yep. know, there's uh, Austin Hooper in, in Atlanta uh, at tight end. He has potential this season coming off of a quiet rookie campaign, but there, there's there's certainly some upside there. It's funny, you, you mentioned Jim Nance. He just texted me right now. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, uh, at, at tight end, you've got a whole bunch of late round guys that you can that you can get. Hooper is certainly one of them. Jack Doyle's another one. Eric Ebron's another one. As you can tell, I can like go on and on yeah. with this, but the, the point is the quarterback position is going to have a lot of good bargains late. At running back, again, you're looking for maybe some younger players who are playing behind some veterans who potentially could be at the end of their careers or maybe have been prone to injuries. Um, and, you know, at, at wide receiver, you're looking for upside players who might not be in the best offenses, but at least the opportunities are going to be there. And, you know, I think Corey Coleman is a good example yep. uh, of a player who you can grab late. Uh, Robbie Anderson, too, okay? Robbie Anderson's – did the Jets have anyone else at wide receiver? I'm not saying he's going to have 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns, but there's going to be certain scenarios where he's going to be targeted heavily against bad pass defenses, and the Jets are going to be throwing the ball – pretty often 
because there's a good chance they're going to be behind like every week right. <laughs> the entire regular season. Right. So those are the, the you know those little players that you're that you're going to be looking at guys who are going to get opportunities guys who are hungry. You know Kevin White should be the most targeted Bears wide receiver if he can stay on the field and you would think he's going to be motivated to do just that. But right. Murph and draft him before the late rounds because well he's been so prone to injuries. But at this point with Meredith down, why not take a flyer on him? That these are the these are the types of players that oftentimes can help you reach the playoffs, and that's the ultimate goal here is getting to the playoffs and having at least a shot to win your league's championship. For sure. And then because you mentioned guys like Jaquiz Rogers, before I ask you two final questions, mm-hmm. uh, I've noticed that McFadden is going really late um, with Ezekiel Elliott, obviously on suspension. Do you think McFadden's the right guy to take or yep. over I Alfred do. Morris? Alfred I, Morris has looked good. I mean, I know Alfred Morris is there. He's, he's, you know, he's a good running back. He was, heck, his rookie year, he was, he was a top-five fantasy running back. But the Cowboys just like McFadden. Maybe it's the Arkansas connection with the Joneses. I, I don't know. They just like McFadden. Uh, a couple seasons ago, when the Joe Randall uh, experiment went boom, mm-hmm. McFadden came in and played tremendous. And he was a top-15 running back despite the fact that he didn't really see many carries in the first four or five weeks of the season. The Cowboys, just they just like McFadden. And will Alfred Morris see his share of the workload? I mean, sure, but I believe that McFadden is going to end up being the guy who will lead that team in backfield touches until Ezekiel Elliott returns, which at this point we don't know when that will be because we've got the appeal. And there's like three different scenarios that can happen right now, so it's a really difficult situation to gauge from a fantasy perspective but if you do draft Zeke you're probably going to have to take him in the second round and if you do take him you're going to have to be looking at McFadden somewhere between the 8th and 10th round because if you wait any longer he will be gone yep okay so I want you to give the golfer slash fantasy football player one final takeaway slash big mistake to avoid before your draft. There's a lot of drafts that's going to be happening this week and next. So one final takeaway you'd give them to help them have a good draft. Well, the one thing I tell people is that the most predictable aspect of the NFL is that it's unpredictable. It it truly is. Expect the unexpected. Last year, if I told you that Jordan Howard was going to score more fantasy points than Todd Gurley, you would have thought I was insane. If I had told you that Adam Thielen would be a better fantasy wide receiver than Nuke Hopkins, you would have fitted me for a straight jacket and thrown (laughs) me in a padded room. But weird stuff happens, man, in the NFL, and it's going to happen again this season. There are going to be weeks where the best matchups in the world go absolutely sideways and burn you. That's when I typically get the most people on Twitter telling me I'm an idiot. But, I mean, these things happen. Expect the unexpected. When When you're drafting... And, I mean, don't, don't mail it in on any of your picks because you never know, even if it's a late-round pick, when that pick could end up helping you potentially win a championship. And I think as a draft strategy, you have to really know your scoring system, of course. You have to know the tendencies of the players uh, that you're drafting with. But for the most part, keep in mind that that quarterback position is super deep, super deep. When the second-highest scoring player in fantasy football from a season ago, Matt Ryan, wasn't even drafted or was picked late uh, last year, you, you, you know that there are going to be good options at that position late. So 
I, I say it year in and year out, focus on running backs and wide receivers, somewhere between the sixth and eighth round, take a tight end like a Jimmy Graham, Larry Walker, Tyler Eifert. Um, don't reach for players. Uh, I, I've seen drafts where people have taken Matt Ryan in the fifth round, and I know he was good last season, but that was that, that was last season. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest with you, I think regression is, is imminent for, for Matt Ryan and potentially uh, some major regression, as in maybe not a 100-point drop, but he could dip back into the 280s uh, in terms of fantasy points. And last season, he was well over 300. So don't reach. Uh, also, I know it's fun to draft players from your favorite team. And, and and you certainly can do that. But if you're a Giants fan and you're drafting Eli Manning in the ninth round, you're making a mistake. Um, draft with your head. If you can, along the way, get some of your favorite players. Heck, I'd love to have Zeke Elliott. Des, Dak, had Dak on a few teams last year, and he was tremendous. I mean, that, that, that's that's great, but you always have to draft with your head because at the end of the day, the goal here is winning, and my goal is to help you win, and so hopefully people will sort of take that advice, have fun. At the end of the day, fantasy football is, is, is all about fun, but it's all about competition, and you have to sort of read the tea leaves and you have to know what the trends are and the trend right now in fantasy football is quarterbacks are plentiful supply and demand uh, is is basically pointing people to make sure they focus on those running backs and wide receivers because the supply isn't there the demand is high whereas with the quarterback position the supply is high the demand is low yep. and if you follow these tips, I think you'll probably be pretty successful. But really, at the end of the day, you have to prepare for the unexpected because weird things are absolutely going to happen. We can talk again in January, and we might be saying, can you believe that Devontae Parker is the fifth best wide receiver in fantasy football? <laughs> you know? yeah. just never know. Yeah. Weird things happen. So a quick recap for everyone out there. I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to recap for you. Okay. A... Matthew Barry's the bigger nerd. B, <laughs> B, expect the unexpected. And C, yep. draft with your head, not your heart. Yep. Okay. All right, I'll I've got one. Wait on quarterbacks. And wait I've on quarterbacks. Every single season, and sometimes people still go after the QB too soon, but you can, you can wait on that position and still get a very good play. Yep. All right, I'm going to get you out of here on this one. This is a little fun uh, mini mock draft for you. Okay? This, okay. Is, this is a golf mock draft for your scramble team so it's okay. you and three other people and we've got classic golf characters as a possible i've got six possible folks you got to pick three of them okay number one you got big belt big belly and a mustache guy that's okay. number one so that would be craig stadler sure sure number two is the muscle dummy who usually quote doesn't play this bad end quote <laughs> okay you've got three the guy who's drunk by the fifth hole Okay, so like John Daly. Sure. You've got <laughs> four, the guy who flirts too much with the cart girl. Okay. In, in the past, that's been me. Okay. Uh-huh. I was actually going to say that, but okay, you said it first. <laughs> Number now, but, uh, <laughs> uh, five is the cart girl. Okay. And six is the guy that throws his clubs. you got to pick three of them. Oh, man. Well, okay, so I, I've got to say guy who flirts with the cart girl because if I didn't say that, I'd basically be you know uh 
lying to myself because that used to be me. Sure. And uh, when I go out there, man, uh, playing with dudes who throw golf clubs and break golf clubs, because I used to be one of them when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Back in my early 20s, like, I was a five handicap. And uh-huh. I used to get so pissed when I would hit a bad shot. I was playing a lot of competitive golf at the time. I couldn't have been very much fun to play with, so I wouldn't want to play with that with with, uh, with that person. Okay. I would say the the, the Craig Stadler, the, the fat belly mustache guy. Big belly mustache, okay. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. And who wouldn't want to play with a guy who's out there having a few too many and just enjoying himself? You okay. Like, who wouldn't want to play with, like, John Daly? Like, Man, that's... Honest to God, I mean, number one, you watch the guy hit the ball a mile. And, you know, smoking and drinking and just having a good time. To me, I think that that would be a lot of fun. Because when I go out and golf now, I don't play competitive golf anymore. I'm just going out to have fun. And that's that's the most important thing is to go out there and enjoy the round, enjoy the weather, enjoy the call, enjoy the company. And um, those would be the three that I'd pick. I got to give you credit. That's a pretty solid team. You got the You got the guru. You've got big belly mustache. You've got the guy that drinks, and you got the guy that likes the cart girl. That's pretty solid. Just, yeah, man. I, see, I, I didn't want to pick the cart girl because I'm figuring, you know, if if we're flirting with the cart girl, we have the guy who's flirting with the cart girl, and the cart girl's still going to be around at some point. Yeah. Could, so we don't actually need to have her in our group because she'll be she'll be following us around in the cart. True, and you know, you don't want to create you don't want to create tension in the group, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever have you played golf uh, like down in Florida at all? I used to live in Florida. I have not actually. Yeah. Some of the best cart girls. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I promise you right now. All right, so Florida, it is. Golf cart girls out there are uh, are down in South Florida. Love it. Well, Fabs, thanks for coming on. I know you got a crazy schedule this time of year. I appreciate the tidbits. Give my boy Nance and Wayno a hello for me. And, guys, everybody check out Fabiano on NFL.com, Fantasy. He's got some great stuff, him and the whole Fantasy team. And check him out on NFL Network. He's got a lot of programming coming, a lot of tips coming these next uh, couple weeks. So, Yeah, man, and we miss you here. I miss you guys, too. We miss you, bud. We'll have to uh, – hey, let's just put it on the calendar now. February 2018, we uh, play some golf. Bowl, yes. Yes. Okay. All right, thanks so much, Fabs. Enjoy the uh, start of the season. And just as the sun rises and sets in Scotland, so too have we come to the end of another Power Train. Be sure to follow us at the Power Train on Instagram and Twitter, and of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. And may your glasses always stay full and your ball always end up in the bottom of the cup. <laughs>